2: welcome into the phnx suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings sportsbook app america's top rated sportsbook app i'm lindsey smith and today i'm joined by gerald borgay and espo gentlemen how are you guys doing on this fine thursday afternoon
0: i am great thank you still in health and safety protocol but doing all right and uh You know, congratulations to our dear friend, Saul Bookman, on his nuptials today. I believe right about now, he actually is getting married uh, out in Disney World. So, congratulations to uh, Saul and his beautiful bride. Happy for you guys.
1: Yes, that's awesome. Um, For us, we are not on vacation. We're still, well, I mean, I guess we kind of have been, because the sons haven't had practice in two days. But today, (laughs) they finally practiced again. So, we have actual things to talk about today. It's exciting.
2: I know, it's really exciting. We'll get into that um, here in just a second. But guys, I want to start the show, our tip topic of the day. We have to talk about why Charles Barkley named his daughter what he named her. <laughs> well, because- <laughs> she's named after a mall, in fairness. <laughs> <laughs> well. There's a Christiana mall uh, in Delaware that I used to always go by. That's how she got her name, Christiana. Hold. Oh. <sighs> Stop. Wait, what is it? You named your daughter after a mall? Yeah. Why? I don't know. I just like the mall. <laughs> You're a mess, man. <laughs> You're a mess, man. I mean, I EJ hits
0: pretty spot on there. I mean, Ernie, Ernie knows what he's talking about.
2: Ernie's. It was such a genuine why, too. He's like, yes. but, but why?
0: <laughs> because I like them all. Thank God oh. he didn't name his daughter Donut or Churro or something. like.
2: Okay, <laughs> the fact that you brought up churros, I have to put this out there in the world. I called total BS on the fact that he just... I called total BS on that. Just saying.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, may- maybe... I mean, maybe he was so hung up on pizza and donuts that churros didn't come into the mix. I don't I'm a man that I get into a mode and I'll eat one thing at a place if I know it's good. I won't try other things. Maybe that's Chuck. Maybe it was just now I'm going to stick with the donut. I don't need the churro.
2: Yeah, I don't know about that one. All right. Well, (laughs) because that's a conversation, we kind of learned that Espo, you also... Sort of took a page out of that same book and named your (laughs) daughter after something as well, right?
0: So, okay. And the Cove Crazies are going to have a field day with this. And it's not what it sounds like. But yes, Chuck named his daughter after a mall. And my daughter kind of got her name from Hawaiian ice cream. I'm not lying. My daughter is named Rosalani, which is not Italian, which I am. and It is a Hawaiian name. And my wife went through a, a whole list of, of names and, and trying to find things that had rose in it and meaning, and uh, and apparently that means heavenly rose in uh, uh, in Hawaiian. But I happen to remember on our honeymoon while we were out there, there was an ice cream with the same exact name. So I said, no, no, we got to add an extra L in there because I'm not I'm not being known as the guy that named his kid after ice cream. And having told this story here now on the show. I'm going to be known as the guy that named his daughter after ice cream. Like Chuck named his daughter after a mall.
1: (laughs) I mean, in your defense, at least it's a pretty name.
2: And it's also from Hawaii and not Delaware.
0: (laughs) A mall in Delaware is much different than I ate some nice ice cream on the beaches of Hawaii. I will say that.
2: Yeah. I mean, you, you definitely are winning between the
0: two of these. That's for sure. (laughs) How did Chuck convince Mrs. Barkley uh, to, to go with that? Like, You know, oh, well, when I'm in Philly, uh, when I was in Philly, I was driving by this mall all the time in Delaware. And I thought it'd be perfect for for our daughter's name. Like, how do you convince that?
2: I'm going to say he didn't tell that until (laughs) later. He probably just threw the name out there without the context. That's what my guess is going to (laughs) be.
0: I wonder if his daughter knew this story before he told it to, to Ernie. Like, is this the first time she's finding out that she's named after a mall in Delaware? And what does that do to a kid's psyche, even when you're in your late 20s? Like, what does that do to you when you find out, dad named me after a freaking shopping mall?
1: I need to see this mall because was it like a place that he goes to often? Or is it just like he went there one time, thought it was (laughs) cool and was like, I'm going to
2: use that name. Is it like Arizona Mills Mall or is it like Fashion Square? (laughs) Like, we we need some context here. (laughs)
0: Fashion Square Borgay sounds really nice, though.
1: Like, oh, Can we convince you rating. on that, Gerald? I, I, I don't know if you can convince me on that one. That one might be a little tough.
0: All right, Gerald. The, I, go ahead. I was just going to say, how about the Verizon 5G practice facility Borgay? Can we interest you in that? Now
1: that, I mean, who could turn that down? The or lab. The
0: lab. <laughs> the lab. I, I heard Lindsay's going to go with the Transformation Center Smith. I think that's what she's going to name a little. Chuck actually says he just drove by this mall a lot. I'm not even sure he ever said foot in said mall, oh, no. but he went, You know what? It's good enough to saddle my daughter with this name forever. That wouldn't oh, surprise man. me
2: at all. All right, Gerald, I want to know if you named your hypothetical future children or child after a place or item, do you have any idea what it would be?
1: I do. I've thought about this a lot. Uh, Monroe. Are you listening, Monroe's Hot Chicken? <laughs> do you hear me
2: that's a good one
1: (laughs) no i but like seriously i've always loved the name zelda like i'm a huge nintendo fan like legend of zelda and i feel like that's a pretty name um i ran it by the girlfriend one time she wasn't a big fan of it but you know i
0: Uh i do
1: enjoy it's fine these are all hypotheticals, yeah, anyway.
0: Gerald's like on to the next one. All right, it could be a <laughs> name more girlfriend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, that I like Zelda, and I like okay. Suns fans, don't hate me for this. It's Luca with a C, the Italian Luca, not Luca with a K, the Dallas Mavericks Luca. But I do like the
0: name Luca. Hey, okay, so. you have Italian roots. That's okay. It's not okay. Slovenian Luca. It's Italian yeah. Luca. That's different.
2: I wonder. Not, go ahead.
0: I would just say not red or green chili, Borgay. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: These are my children, chili and pepper. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my God. I love that though. If you get two dogs, you should name them chili and pepper for sure.
1: See, I was, I wanted to, I think I want to name next dog, either Charles Barkley or Heisenberg.
0: Oh, you gotta go Heisenberg. I love Barkley, but you gotta you gotta go Heisenberg, especially being from New Mexico. Yeah,
1: it's a great name for a dog, I won't lie.
2: I just wanna know in 15 to 20 years or however long, how many people are going to be how many people are gonna be named after Sun's players currently on this roster? So I just saw this today, right before we started recording. Jay Crowder actually reposted. Um, somebody on Instagram stories who, it's this little girl. She looks like she's two years old. Her name's Josie J, and she got her middle name from Jay Crowder because Aww. her dad, her dad's favorite player is Jay Crowder. And I thought that was adorable. And I'm sure there are tons of little. Devons out there who are named after devin booker and we'll see how many more come over the next couple decades
0: uh, there's gonna of... be a lot of little mckales running
1: around town you know mm-hmm. mckales or, or big daddy wookies you know who knows? <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'd like That's you to gonna be my... the
2: name of my next animal <laughs>
0: Like you to meet my child, CP3, <laughs> <You know? laughs> nicknamed the Point God or yeah. Goddess, however you prefer. That's
2: amazing. I,
0: if if I were going to have another child, I really would want Point God or Point Goddess on the list, but yeah, I don't think that's going to be happening. So that's a solid one.
2: I'm not having kids, so I don't even have to worry about going down this route. And I feel like that would be the hardest thing ever to have a child and figure out what to name it because you could, if you mess up a name. That's, mm-hmm. You're stuck with that forever.
0: Yep. It's rough. I, so I much love guys hard. that are named like Dick Richard, like their last name's Richard or, you know, or like, you know, and, and their first name's Richard, Richard, Richard. Like I never understand why people do anything like that to their kid. Like, why do you, it, come on, be a little more creative with, with names. Like yeah, we spent... you
2: gotta think about like, what will the middle school kids make fun of you for? Because we just talked about this middle school kids are ruthless.
0: Are. I'm thinking elementary ki- school kids are ruthless. Like I, I remember it didn't get cutthroat till we were like sixth or seventh grade. My my kids in kindergarten and it's cutthroat. Like it's it's like the boys kicking girls and then saying names to them. I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know, like it, it's the mean streets out there. You know, that's rough. <laughs> it's rough out there in the streets for these
2: kids these days. (laughs) (laughs) All right, gentlemen, let's move on to some updates from practice. The first time the Sons of Practice this week, um, starting on Monday anyway, they took Tuesday and Wednesday off. And during that time, some of the guys got to get some good vacation mode a little bit in. Chris Paul went golfing. JaVale McGee went to Sedona. Monty said he hung out with his family, but I think the funny thing that came out of practice that I took away from today was that they all kind of low-key said they missed each other, and it had only been two days, <laughs> and I think that's adorable.
0: Yeah, I wish I we had good. time to miss each other.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we haven't been in studio together in a few days. I'm, I'm starting to miss you guys a little bit. but Oh, that's sweet, um, Gerald. We're
2: better in I real know. life.
1: <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, but yeah, like Chris Paul was saying, that, um, like they didn't even really – like get that much time apart from each other because I think he said Mikhail came over to his house yesterday just to hang out so I mean this team is so like connected and so they're like a family and they've said it before like Chris Paul has said like on off days they kind of miss each other so it's kind of funny that they had two off days I'm sure they really like Monty said they had a great energy today they were all happy to be back in the gym and you hear that a lot of teams say that, but with this team, you kind of like really feel that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And then an update as far as the injury goes, the injuries go, (laughs) no update. Yeah. Coach did not provide any update on Devin, Frank, or Dooley today um, outside of just that they're just focusing on getting healthy.
1: Yeah, he, he said Book's progressing, but he still hasn't got any like on-court activity. He still hasn't really gotten up any shots or anything. They're being pretty cautious with the hamstrings. So um, he said they're taking it day by day, which, I mean, I guess you can characterize it as a day-by-day day injury, but it's, I don't know. It, he definitely won't be playing Friday, it sounds like. And um, luckily they have Saturday and Sunday off. So hopefully over the weekend, things will progress a little bit.
2: Yeah, they but then they head right into a back-to-back and that's not do yeah. for uh injury return
0: either that no. they can't send him to Germany and get the Kobe done on the hamstring that's not that's <laughs> not possible and they'll you know, spun blood or whatever it was back then <laughs> no well at, at least at least they've they've got enough uh talent to to carry things I did uh, did I hear correct uh that Frank Kaminsky was shooting today a little bit out there
1: yeah after practice and he he did that earlier. I think last week as well, he was coming out and shooting some flat footed shots. Um, and then I saw Dario Sharic getting some up today as well. Um, that was the first time. Cause we've seen him back from a distance in like the training room doing, you know, squats or, or kind of strengthening that knee in the background, but he was out there getting some flat footed shots up. And then uh, this other one where they had like this little box underneath him that he would start in a sitting position on the box and then like stand up into a flat footed shot. So just kind of, um, making sure he was bending the knee and, and strengthening those knees on his release on some of these shots. So, um, it, I think they're both, I think Sharich is still a ways away. I think James Jones said on a broadcast earlier this week that Frank is only like a couple weeks away. So that could be encouraging, but, um, yeah, he didn't have money, didn't have any updates on Frank Sharich or, or Dooley to speak of really.
0: I like that drill that they have Frank working on because it's like him, getting up from the bench and going straight in and shooting in the game. So it's, it's a natural motion for him. So, Oh, <laughs> we love you. That's Super-Nario. love for Frank. I'm saying he's <laughs> going to come in and he's going to jack up some shots, make some points. Hopefully not 30 of them. That's it. That's all we I'm saying.
1: Need, we need a 30 piece, Frank. We need oh. it this year. We
2: really do. We really, really do. Um One of the other topics that was brought up today was the pace at which the sons are playing this year. And we kind of got some conflicting reports as to whether that was intentional or not. Uh, But Monty and Chris and Alfred Payton all kind of had some comments about it. Gerald, can you share what they said?
1: Yeah, I mean, last year, the Suns were not a fast paced team at all. I think they ranked like 24th in pace. And this year, they're up in the top five. I think they might be fourth all the way up to fourth this year. And at the start of the year, they were even higher. So it's a pretty drastic turnaround and Monty has said like, it's not something that we emphasize. It's not something, you know, we pay attention to pace. We don't want to be in the bottom five bottom 10 teams because you want to play faster if you can, but he's never equated pace with efficiency. It's more important to him if the offensive is efficient, which it has been this year. But uh, Chris Paul reiterated what Monty said too, that like it's not something we've really talked about. It might just be a product of continuity and, and knowing where guys are going to be, throwing the ball up ahead, trying to play a little bit faster. Um, and, and when you have that trust with your teammates and that familiarity, it makes it easier to do that. Um, but, then, but then Alfred Payton came out and said, yeah, it's something we talked about. Uh, it's a point of emphasis. So I don't really know who was, who was either telling the truth or who knew what they were talking about in this case. But um, the Suns are definitely playing a lot faster, which is kind of impressive considering Chris Paul's 36 and his teams typically play slower
0: does the third string have a different uh, you know, way of doing things than the rest of the team is that Elvis? was like, yeah, I talked about it with Ish Wainwright and Chandler Hutchinson and we're playing at a faster pace this year.
2: I'm going to guess it just got lost in translation and maybe he meant something a little bit different. Hopefully. <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't know. Hopefully that's kind of strange, but it made me laugh today.
2: Yeah, for sure. And then another thing that came out of practice, Chris Paul was uh, very complimentary of DeAndre Ayton's growth, more so specifically as a pick and roll partner. What did you like that Chris said about DA?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, and this is something I'm writing about either for tomorrow or next week, because I'm, I'm doing a deep dive into the film on this. But DeAndre Ayton has grown kind of leaps and bounds as a pick and roll guy. Um, both in his ability to make himself bigger, which is something we mentioned that Monty has said, um, making himself a bigger target on those roles, navigating the short pocket by putting the ball on the ground a little bit more, um, and, and making the right reads passing out to guys on the perimeter when, when the help defense gets in front of him. So he's grown a lot in that respect. Chris Paul joked that he couldn't really remember all the way back to last October because, um, someone asked him, you know, how has he grown in the last year? And he was like, I can't remember till last October, to be <laughs> honest. But um, he's, he's really grown in a lot of different ways. And the Suns are, are kind of tweaking their offense a bit to get him more involved. I know people want to say feed DA, but they are with the pick and roll. They're up from about 2.2 pick and roll possessions with DA as the roll guy uh, last year to four per game this year. And that's tied for the second most in the NBA. And DeAndre ranks in the 87th percentile as a pick and roll roll guy this year, which is really impressive. Um, he's shooting about 6% better on pick and rolls this year. He's shooting like 76% when he catches the ball as a roll guy, which is really impressive. Um, so he's he's grown leaps and bounds in terms of his finishing ability, in terms of his chemistry with the Suns. Um, Chris Paul mentioned last game they got an alley-oop for him that, is something that they've worked on a lot. And it was kind of one of the first times this year that they've connected on that particular play. So he said, that's the little stuff that like gets me excited because, you know, we have arguments, but those arguments turn into little moments like that, that in a playoff series can make all the difference.
0: I love that because that's exactly why you bring Chris Paul in though. I mean, everybody talked about, Oh, he's tough on DA, but DA, you know, last year in particular, I uh, talked about how important that was for his growth and how uh, just having a guy like that that could basically you know pound that uh, that mentality into him and get him on the same page was so huge. And uh, credit to Chris Paul that you know they'd keep working on those things. and it to to what uh, you know his quote was what he said, you know, maybe even get into arguments in regards to it. But it's all for the betterment because when you do start connecting on that in December, that means you can have it perfected by the time you get to May and June, which is which is the key here. And what a lot of this—I mean, we're not used to this mentality because it's been so long since the Suns were, uh, you know, at the top of a conference. I know they were last year, but people didn't believe it. It, it didn't feel. Uh, you know, at times that, that, Oh, it felt like it's a fluke, but this year it's pretty clear. They're one of the top and they're playing for that playoff run. So games now are all about fine tuning for the playoffs. So it's great to hear that they're connecting on those kind of plays.
2: Espo, you tweeted out earlier today. Amazing how the tune on DA has changed so drastically. The seats on the bag wagon bandwagon filling up quite quick. At what point in time do we just put out the sold
0: out sign? <laughs> Never. I mean, there, you always <laughs> welcome people on. I just think it's funny because a lot of people have drastically just kind of changed the tune. Some of the people that were notorious for harping on the guy are, uh, are championing him. Now, what's great? I mean, there's evolution in opinion, like there's evolution in a player. I just have always felt like the foundation and, and what we're seeing has always been Uh, you know, something that was obvious was the potential of Deandre. And yes, at times he's been frustrating, but it takes time. It's not, I know it's a cliche that big men take longer to develop, but big men take longer to develop. And now we're seeing, uh, you know, the, the fruit of that labor. And finally it's paying off. The playoffs weren't a fluke. DA is very much playing like that kind of guy. This year that he did through that stretch in the playoffs and they need him, especially with Devin, not on the court. He has to become a bigger part of what they're doing. And I feel like he's stepped up so far and, uh, you know, I it's, welcome to the bandwagon and we're not going to hate on anybody that does it. It just, I find it entertaining how much things have pivoted since, uh, even, even a year ago. I mean, I remember last January, some people were pounding the table to trade this guy still, and uh, and we're far from that now. I don't think you'll be hearing that at the deadline this year.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's uh, I think it is interesting that change in perception of Da. But I also think like a year ago he was getting benched in fourth quarters for Dario Saric. Like he wasn't bringing it every night. Like he is now. I think the playoffs he brought it every single game, and it was kind of like where has this been? And then now that he's doing it in the regulars, like he'll still have games from game to game where he's just kind of not locked in, but they're so much rarer than they were even last year. So it's really impressive his progression on both ends of the floor um, and how it's translating to some success, especially in these last handful of games with Devin Booker out. So nothing but good things to say about the big guy. Hopefully he gets that payday at the end of this season because what he's showing is, is pretty darn deserving of it.
2: Espo, you're right as much as i want to be petty and put out the sold out uh sign you are absolutely right if we weren't allowed to change our opinions or evolve our opinions throughout time we'd all be screwed
0: (laughs) but i'm I'm a i'm a personal believer and you got to own the opinion if it if you have it and you decide to change it like i on a previous iteration uh, of this show was vastly against trading for cp3 when the first rumor came up based on the salary and feeling like he may fall off a cliff you know owing him 44 million going into this year i was 100 percent wrong i owned it a month in into the season and like if, if you change your opinion just own it admit up to hey i had a differing view but now you know, information has changed that that's, that's what being human is. There's an evolution and we're allowed to change opinions. Just own the old bad opinion. If you're going to change it and don't act like it never existed is my, uh, is my thing. But uh, Gerald, to your point, him getting benched last January, uh, in in crunch time, I think was a, a brilliant move by Monty though. That's what a, what a good coach does is he figures out what levers can I pull to motivate this guy, and that obviously had an impact on DA. He's a very proud man, so that obviously weighed in on it. So, I give a lot of credit to Monty in that situation, too, knowing how to get the most out of DeAndre Ayton. Where you know, the first year with the team, Igor Kokoshkov didn't necessarily know how to pull those levers when it came to DeAndre,
1: yeah, for sure. I, I think, uh Like there's so many, I think it's been a perfect culture for DeAndre Ayton, which when he was originally drafted, I couldn't have imagined saying that about the Suns organization, but they really have put the right people around him. And to his credit, he has been very receptive to constructive criticism. And look, like Chris said, sometimes that does lead to arguments. Sometimes it does lead to debates. But I think in your second year with a team, Like when you first start working with a group of new people, you're not going to be 100% honest or or give them your full-blown criticism, but that comes with familiarity. That comes with camaraderie and friendship and this kind of this brotherhood that they've created where they can be openly honest with each other about what they need to do differently or, or where they can improve or what the team needs. So I think we're starting to see that this year where that familiarity, that ability to have those conversations and and get past it for the betterment of the team is really helping DeAndre grow and, and helping this team grow as a result.
0: Yeah, it's much like this show when you know I started off hosting it and <laughs> I had a conversation that uh, our friend Saul Bookman went. You Need to stop posting this. Let's let Lindsay do this. And this thing has been much better since we made that decision. So.
2: Uh, debatable, debatable.
0: <laughs> no, nah, not debatable. 100% better. So, well,
2: on that note, I appreciate the compliment, but I have to pause us real quick and tell everyone listening about the latest no brainer from the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. So, right now, if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code P-H-N-X, when you sign up, after placing just a $1 bet on any NFL team to score, you're going to win $100 in free bets. It is that simple. You'll be a winner once a single point is scored. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Again, use that code P-H-N-X, bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with the promo code P-H-N-X This week at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Now, if you are already a user of the DraftKings Sportsbook app, maybe take a look at their new same game parlays. You can combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. So the more legs you add, the more money you can win. If you haven't used your free bets already that you got from signing up with that code PHNX, you can use it on a same game parlay and potentially win really big. That's a great way to take advantage of that. And of course, just uh, keep an eye out on that app because they send out promos all the time from odds boost to um, risk-free bets where you can get your money back if your bet doesn't hit. It's a really cool app. So be sure to download and use the code PHNX. Now, just a reminder, that is 21 and older only, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details.
0: Look, I think next week on one of our uh, one of our non game shows, I may have to bring back the cricket betting because that was fun. Maybe some live cricket betting on the show. Know. Why not? Right.
1: Are they in season? Are they, do I don't know, know what th- the cricket season is. The hell if
0: I question. know, probably. I think I was actually, you know, I take that back. They are in season because I watched them cricket in the middle of the night on, uh, on Saturday <laughs> night. So yes, uh, they are in season. It was, uh, on ESPN Plus And, uh, God At least it gave you a little bit
2: of insight it. into what you're betting on
0: after you watched that. I didn't understand anything that was going on, but it was on for about five minutes in my house. So, yes, they are <laughs> still playing.
2: All right, Espo, I I hear you have a fun game for us to play.
0: I do? Oh, I probably yeah. should have prepared something. No, I do. <laughs> We're going to play some Sun Stonks, all right? I'm going to give you the, uh, options. I want to know, are you going to invest in them? Or are you going to say, nah? I'm going to put my money elsewhere, like under my mattress or burn it, whatever, but I'm not going to put it in this. So that's the premise. It's simple. I want to know why you're going to invest or not invest in these certain topics. The first one, I'm just going to throw out a name and I want to know, are you investing or not in Ish Wainwright?
1: I am in, I'm investing. I'm not investing a ton, but I'm investing. I mean, I feel like we've talked about this before, but on a different team, he would probably be playing rotation minutes. And, you know, it'd probably be a losing team or a mediocre team. But it's unfortunate that he's on this team like the Suns that has the wing depth that it has, that has the title aspirations that it has. Because he's not going to get substantial minutes here, at least not this year. Um he's been playing rotation minutes a little bit lately because of all the injuries. That probably won't last very long, but I do feel like he's an NBA caliber player. Maybe it just won't be for the Suns.
2: I too am investing, but this is one of my uh, riskier bets. So, like Gerald said, I'm gonna I, I need to diversify. So I'm not going all in <laughs> on Ish Wayne but I am going to take the risk and invest a little bit.
0: <laughs> Lindsay obviously has a money manager, the way she's talking about this. She's taking a true investment approach to this. Uh, I to thought this that's game. what we were doing here. <laughs> and we are, and I appreciate you understanding the assignment. So thank you for that, Lindsay. I, I am I am very happy that you do. I am not in, investing in Ish Wainwright because if I'm not going to invest in a G League team where a guy like Ish Wainwright can go and hone his skills and come back to my pro team – I'm not investing in the guy because it's, it it seems like a fool's investment on this roster. If I'm another NBA team, like Gerald said, maybe I would invest. But sitting as a Phoenix Sun, I'm not. There's no room for growth here for him, and I'd much rather have a veteran, you know, with you know a guy that's been around the block a time or two in that position. If you have to break glass in case of. Emergency when it comes playoff time, not a knock on ish. It's just like you said, Gerald, this team has title aspirations and it's it's not a group that you can sit here and go, well, we really want to grow this guy.
2: That's fair. I I can see your point on that one, but I will say. If you saw him after getting some minutes the other night, the smile on his face was so precious. So for that alone, I'm going to invest a little you, bit.
0: <laughs> you know why his smile was so big? It was because he knew he didn't have to go work out behind Gerald during a live shot because he got some minutes. So.
1: <laughs> I, I I freaking love Ish, man. He always says hello to us when we walk in the gym and none of the other players care that we arrive, but he's always in our corner so he always says, oh, hey, guys, how's it going? He's got Aww. like the biggest smile on it. He's just like the nicest guy. It's easy to see why everybody on the team likes him so much already. He's
0: not happy bad. to find. I'll invest in Ish's smile and his politeness. <laughs> he's, got his he's got a great smile.
1: He's got very dreamy eyes, I got to say. He's, he's, a, he's a nice dude.
0: Are we investing in naming <laughs> children after <laughs> weird things? Are we investing or not in this? Lindsay, you start.
2: One hundred percent. I am so in favor of people naming children after weird things like let's mix it up. OK, let's mm-hmm. throw out like all of the old school traditional names. Let's throw them out and it's just make up our own names and start all over moving forward. One hundred percent bought in on this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, every name is made up. So why not? <laughs> why not use True. And if it gets me a damn sponsorship from Monroe's Hot Chicken, then I'm all aboard this bandwagon.
0: Monroe is a nice name. Like I, like I, I could, I could totally see. Yeah, Gerald, Monroe that's not Ro a Borgay. weird name at all.
1: Well, it's not a weird name, but I feel like it's not. Isn't it? I feel like it's more normally a last name than a first name.
0: True. Yeah, you know, it's not like you named your kid Funko Pop Borgay or something. <laughs> so. But, but obviously nope. I have my money in on this because I did this. So I can't, <laughs> I can't pull that money out because I've already saddled my child for a lifetime with that. So I'm all in on that next one. Uh, the sons are the best team in the <laughs> NBA. Are you investing in that Gerald?
1: Yeah, I am. I, I think the numbers all say the warriors right now. And if you want to go by that, that's totally fine. I think in a seven game series, the Suns beat the Warriors. And I think, you know, it, it depends on what Clay looks like when he's back. But to this point, I'm, I'm taking the Suns.
2: I'm right there with you, Gerald. I feel like I wouldn't necessarily categorize this as a no brainer investment, but this is a solid investment that I think will pay um, some good returns. You might even get some dividends out of this one.
0: Look, look, Lindsay really understanding the assignment. I'm enjoying <laughs> this. Uh, look, I, I'm i investing in this because the last time Clay Thompson played basketball, we had no clue what COVID-19 was. Masks were a thing that uh, that you saw when a doctor or a dentist wore them. Uh, we didn't know what lockdown was uh, in, in any sense other than in movies. So... I'm not sure what he's going to look like or how long it's going to take him to get in a basketball shape. But my big caveat is this may change based on trades because the Warriors have the uh, have the assets to make a big move at some point, And that could drastically change the complexion of things. But the Suns have uh, some potential moves, as we've talked about this week that could come to fruition as well but as of right now the way the market's looking uh, I'm going all in on this investment I've cashed out the 401k and said let's just let it all ride on this all right and uh, which is a bad choice uh, based on 53 years of history but I'm feeling optimistic so here's here's the whole 401k.
2: Disclaimer, we are not giving you financial advice right now on cashing out your 401k. We're just throwing that out there as a disclaimer, just in case. No, I'm
0: giving financial advice. Cash it out. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Let it ride on the Suns to win a championship. Uh, Don't get mad at me or at me if it doesn't work out, though, all right? we
2: cannot be held responsible for any decision i'm just kidding
0: i I am
1: financial advice is non-binding
0: i am (laughs) i am so confident that i'm cashing out Lindsay's 401k and i'm gonna invest it (laughs) gerald gerald's worked in media this whole time so that 401k is small it's not worth my while to uh break federal laws to uh To cash his out. But Lindsey's, oh yeah, I'm in. When you win two Emmys and your nickname's big time, there's some big time money in that 401k. And I'm investing it all on the Suns right now.
2: I, I feel like I should say thank you for thinking that I'm that good with my money. I appreciate it.
0: I think you're good with it. I just think there's some of it in there and uh, which is more than Gerald has, right? Now. Okay, fair. <laughs> yeah, mine's all
1: more right.
0: like a one oh one K, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> mine's like a ninety-nine cent store. All right. A,
2: it's a dollar twenty-five now, ESO.
0: Well, inflation, you know, what when, when your company makes a billion dollars you gotta get a screw those people with an Extra 25 cents to really make it worth your while. All right, next one. CP3 said his view on pacing himself was, quote, the fourth quarter, that's when things get interesting. Do you want to invest in the idea of Chris Paul realizing the fourth quarter is where he's best used?
2: This is a tough one. I feel like I'm going to say yes because – if if it's because he's load managing to an extent in those first three quarters, then I'm bought in because we need a well-rested and healthy Chris Paul for the postseason. But if it's just because he's like, I'm bored in the first three quarters, which I don't think it is, then I think I'm out. But I think it's the former, not the latter. So I'm going to go, I'm in on this one.
1: Yeah, I think I am. I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm not going to invest on this one because I think it's more... Monty than Chris Paul because I think like Chris has said because we asked him about this the other night about how like whether his mindset changes in the fourth quarter compared to the first three quarters and he was saying like look if you look at my minutes the first three quarters they're kind of all over the place like I'm in for four minutes I'm out for four minutes I'm in I'm out in the fourth quarter you play for a longer stint so you kind of get like more of a rhythm so I think for him it's like a rhythm thing more than him like pacing himself or him changing his attack approach or whatever. Um, I think it's just that like, once he gets, you know, that eight or nine minute stretch at the end of the game, he gets to play those minutes straight through. I think that's what helps him kind of take over games in that instance.
0: Yeah. I'm going to sell because if you played those straight nine or 10 minutes in the third quarter, you could end these things earlier and not have to make (laughs) the fourth quarter. So damn interesting. All right. Because right now I have to buy stock in heart medication because we all need it when we watch a (laughs) Suns game in the fourth quarter. So I'm going to sell on that. I'm also going to sell everybody's stock in the phrase load management. There is not a worse term in sports than load management.
1: All right. (laughs) It's, it's pretty bad. And honestly, if you say that term around Monty Williams, it's like, one of his buzzwords that just kind of pisses him off. Cause he hates this new era mentality of like resting guys a lot and all that stuff. So yeah, I am not a fan of the load management term either.
0: And that's why I love Monty Williams so damn much because he agrees with me. So <laughs> uh, next one, did Monty Williams deserve to be number two on Shaq and a fool for accidentally running on the court? Are you investing that he deserved to be number two?
2: Yeah. <laughs> It was funny. It was really funny. And I think because he made fun of himself after the game as well, um, it's 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 okay. Like, we can all laugh together because Monty <laughs> laughed as well. So it's not like we have to feel bad about it. I thought it was yeah. hilarious.
1: Yeah, I mean, I honestly would have put him number one. I think the one they had in front of him was, like, there was a possession in a game where they had three out-of-bounds passes back-to-back-to-back to back to back that were violations. Um which is funny, but like the look on Monty's face when he realized that a timeout hadn't been called and he like scooted his ass off the court real quick. <laughs> it was, it was pretty funny. And he said after the game, he was like, I felt like one of those national geographic things where the animal just gets trampled by the stampede. And <laughs> has to get out of the way. Um, I would have put it at number one, honestly, but yeah, I'm, I'm buying it's at least number two on the list.
0: Yeah. See, I'm, I'm of the same mindset, Cheryl, but that's why I won't invest it with him being number two. He should have been number one, the <laughs> backpedal itself. And the, when you see his face, the cameras on him and the acknowledgement of, Oh crap, I screwed <laughs> up is exactly what a Shackton in the fool moment is supposed to be. And the fact that JaVale McGee is in the building at the same time makes it great as well. One of the original Shackton guys. So give me uh, not investing in this because Shaq should have put him at number one.
2: <laughs> I see what you guys are saying, but at the same time, it's not, I mean, I guess you, this argument could go either way, but isn't Shacton typically for players? And because he's a coach, is that maybe why he didn't get that number one spot?
0: But that's why he should have. I was going to say, this does go doesn't both, do both ways. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I would have given him the number one spot just for that look on his face alone because <laughs> he knew he had, he had messed up in the moment. <laughs>
0: And he's such a heady coach, too, that that's not the guy. If you said Jason Kidd walked on the court during play, I would have went, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the dude threw a cup of ice just to pretend a guy ran into him and threw a cup of ice to try to get an extra timeout. Walking on the court doesn't surprise me. But Monty, it surprised me with Monty. So <laughs> uh, next one, the Suns need to make a trade. Are you buying, and, are you buying into this?
1: Mm, I am... This is tough. I don't think they have to, but I think they should. Like, I I do think that if you are relying on Abdul Nader and, you know, to a lesser degree, Alfred Payton to play any sort of minutes in the playoffs, that's not a good thing. I I think we talked about some Pacers trades the other day. I still really like the idea of, you know, Justin Holliday and Torrey Craig bringing him back um it would require giving up Dario Šarić which i hate cuz i freaking love Super Dario but he's not going to help you this year. Um so if you're looking at it from purely a basketball perspective i think they should make a trade. I don't think they have to though. I think this team is good enough to win a title but we saw last year how important depth is, is if even a single guy goes down. You would hate for that same thing to happen again this year where that lack of that one more wing guy instead of Abdul Nader comes back to haunt you in just a couple of minutes of a playoff game.
2: Yeah, I think I'm with Gerald on that one. Um, if we're if we're going to enter into this agreement, we need to talk about some verbiage change on the contracts and the stipulations here. Need is such a such a drastic word, but I'm with Gerald. I think they should at least. Look into it at the very least and pull the trigger if they feel like they find somebody who's worthy of it. But I wouldn't necessarily say
0: need. I am going to say I'm going to invest in need. And I think last year taught us why the Tory Craig acquisition, the trade that they did make, was very, very uh, prominent in how well they played down the stretch and into the playoffs the trade that they didn't make uh, for a big even JaVale McGee was available through that run may have actually cost them a title because if you had some extra bigs, when Dario goes down uh, you, you may have had a different result in that uh, in that series against the box. So I'm just going to say, yes, they need to make a deal because there are still some small blemishes on this roster that you can make better. And if there's ever a year to go all in, it's this
2: one. That's true. You bring up good points.
0: All right, one, one more. The final one. HBO just released the trailer for their show about the Showtime Lakers called Winning Time. As a Suns fan, are you investing in this show? Uh, yeah, because it's going to make bank.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. There's a reason why it's on HBO. This show's gonna make bank.
1: <laughs> yeah, like this is a controversial opinion, but absolutely because the more that projects like this thrive and do well, the more likely we'll eventually get one on the Suns at some point. I don't care if it's seven seconds or less, or Barclays Suns, or this current Suns team. Whether it's twenty years down the line, like. These type of crossover projects are really cool. They're good for the NBA. And if the Suns continue to progress to be a team like one of those teams that people want to talk about, maybe we'll get one on Devin Booker and Chris Paul down the line. I have no idea who would play who. We should probably do that in a hypothetical game down the line. But yeah, I'm although even if I hate the Lakers, like this is a cool project and it could be cool for the rest of the league down the line too.
2: I, do do we know if it's going to be mostly historically accurate, but obviously some embellishments or, or what is, is it just kind it, of.
0: It's based off a Jeff Perlman book called Showtime, which was a factual book. I'm sure there'll be some embellishments. It's by Adam McKay, the guy who did the big short and, uh, and is involved in su- succession and uh, even Anchorman, some involvement. But when you look at the big short, that was, factually based with embellishment so i think that's where we're going to wind up when it comes to that and i'm all for it i'm i'm highly investing in this with the one ca- well two caveats right you've got adrian brody playing pat riley i'm not sure that's gonna work i have my i have my reservations about that and then michael chiklis playing red hour back all right i i don't know about that one either we will see but the trailer for this uh, is spectacular, and there are a lot of big names in it, the biggest of which is John C. Riley playing Jerry Buss, which should be damn entertaining. And, Gerald, I love your idea. We will cast a sun show here in the near future and uh, and decide what era it's on and then try to put together what the ultimate cast would be. That sounds fun. Yeah,
2: that does. does. I also think I like this because as the NBA gets older and older in age, you have more fans who weren't around for some of these things. And so starting with a show like this could really pique somebody's interest to go back and learn a little bit more, figure out what's embellished and what's actually the case. And I think that's kind of cool. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of stuff about even Sun's history that I just wasn't alive for. And even though you can tell me, and I can look it up. It's just not the same. And so this is kind of some of the younger people's chance to relive some of those things, or at least paint a picture for them of what they could have been like.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I also had to look up who Michael Chiklis was, because I didn't know who that was off the top of my head. It's the dude that played the thing in those first Fantastic Four (laughs) movies, which, I mean, yeah, that one's a little questionable to me. I don't actually... I. Don't mind Adrian Brody as Pat Riley, though. I feel like he's good in everything he's in, except for like the newer King Kong. I hated his character in King Kong, but like he's a pretty good actor. I, I feel like he might be able to pull it off, Loki.
0: There, there is a Phoenix connection in this. Paul Westhead, who was a uh, eventually a Mercury coach, was a coach of the Lakers, and he's played by Jason Segel in this, which. I love yeah. me some Jason Siegel, so yes, I'm down definitely. for that. So I'm all I'm investing in this. That is uh, sun stonks for you. There you go.
2: <laughs> I love it. That was super fun. All right, guys. Anything else you want to mention or talk about before we say goodbye on this one?
0: Thank God there's a game tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Eslo needs it
2: for the recovery.
0: Yeah, I do. I need some <laughs> sense of normalcy. Trapped in the house, people. I need it.
2: <laughs> oh, Espo, we feel for you. We do. Hopefully, you guys recover soon and can join us back here out in uh, the real world.
0: But uh, I, I guess I mean, I, I make a joke that it's terrible, but I don't mind not seeing too many humans. You guys, I miss, but the, there's a <laughs> lot of humans I, I prefer to stay away from. So. <laughs>
2: I think everybody can understand that to some extent, that's for sure. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the PHNX Suns podcast. As always, be sure to rate, review, subscribe. We really appreciate your support. You can follow the show on Twitter at PHNX underscore Suns. You can follow me at AZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Bourget, And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo.
0: Monroe's, don't forget to, to sponsor Gerald and ahoy hoy.